Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the IntelliCast podcast. My name is Adam Jolly. Joining me as always is Brian Lamar. How's it going, Adam? I love it. We're in a different studio today. We're really far apart. Oh my gosh. Why are we so far apart? I love it. Uh, IntelliCast is brought to you as always by EMI Research Solutions. You can follow EMI on Twitter, EMI underscore research. IntelliCast on Twitter is IntelliCast1. You can email us at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. My own personal Twitter is Adam Jolly, all one word. Brian, uh, what's new in social media for you? Um, social media. I was just looking up Stan Phelps on Twitter. Yeah. He has 28,000 followers. I think he's going to be our guest today. I don't, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump the gun. But Spoiler. He'll have our um, most Twitter followers for a podcast guest. That's the first thing. What else is going on social media? Do you think Donald Trump is going to start his own Twitter? Like there, his own like his own social media? Yeah. Yeah, it's called Facebook. <laughs> yeah. It, go to school in the South and your Facebook is Donald Trump. Well, Jack is on in front of Congress. Is Jack smart? I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so, so what, why are all these social media companies all of a sudden in front of Congress every three months? Because they run the world. <laughs> they do. They, they control information. They control the information. When you control the information, you know, you control the mail. <laughs> Man, how many times do we quote, quote sign? Yeah. I, I did that wrong. When you control the mail, you yeah, control but the I got information. It. Um, our guest today are Gina Bonar, of who is at the AMA. She's chairperson of the AMA Ignite Conference. And Stan Phelps, you mentioned earlier, a famous author. He writes a lot of the books. Uh, they start with a color and then goldfish. Uh, first, it was, uh, there's been yellow goldfish, blue goldfish, gold goldfish. Purple goldfish. Purple was the first one. Pink is the, Pink is the next one. The latest one. Yellow yeah. is the one coming out later this month. I think that... Everyone's going to love it. He's super engaging, and he's actually the keynote at the AMA Ignite event here in Cincinnati in September. Um, so really excited to have him on the podcast. And, and just a super engaging, like, awesome dude to have on the pod. Like, he wasn't anywhere near us, but I felt like he was right there. Like, yeah. fun laughs. Good guy. Interesting person. Um, let's jump in. Let's go personal first. Yeah. Football's back. So exciting, right? So great. I love it. College last week, pro yep. this week. I did my annual uh, – I always have lunch on Fridays throughout the football season with Jason Enderhees. And we sit and we have like a think tank of oh. um, fantasy football. Yeah. But then um, uh, gambling's legal now. We talk about lines. <laughs> we talk about good games to watch. What are yeah. some of the lines? What's enticing? I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. Now that – I guess last night was the first NFL game that you could bet legally on outside of Nevada. Wild. That's kind of crazy. What a great game. Oh, my gosh. Thursday night games, they are always the best. I tell you what. <laughs> if I never hear the phrase Philly special what? ever in my life. What happened? I don't even know what happened. Is that a something you said? Is that something people say? Can I get the Philly special? I never heard of – there's a lot of terms I never heard of before. Philly Philly? I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Well, I didn't know this until yesterday, but Philly Philly was actually what they said. Yeah. Like they said, do you want to run Philly Philly? There's a statue now in front of the football stadium in Philadelphia that says, do you want Philly Philly? And then somehow they became Philly special. And then when I was in, I, I was in Philadelphia two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and there was uh, like dilly dilly, but it was Philly Philly everywhere. Oh, is that how like they started? Like in Bud Light language. Oh. And then now last night, yeah, Philly Philly, Philly special. I mean, leave it to Phil. I mean, no offense to Philadelphia, leave it to them to mess this up. Like I was happy for them when they won the Super Bowl, yeah. but come on. Yeah. Settled in. They, they booed right. the world champions at halftime. 
What's the uh, number one thing you're most excited about for football, college or, or pro? Um, it has to be for some reason Steelers Browns because the Browns were on Hard Knocks. You're, I know you're a big Browns fan. You're wearing Browns gear as we speak. I am. Yes, I'm a big Steelers fan. Um, I'm a little worried about the Browns. Sure. I should be because um, I watched Hard Knocks and they are Super Bowl contenders if you watch that show. I believe That's it. what I'm looking yeah. forward to. What about you? Um, most thing I'm most looking forward to. I am, I have already um, looked up where, where is the college playoff games? For Notre Dame <laughs> That's football. right. Yeah. I yes. did. I, I was playing myself. Miami doesn't sound good to me, but Dallas is the other one, right? That'd yeah. be great. And then uh, the national championships in San Francisco. So I could totally see a, a 11 and 1 Notre Dame team playing as the four seed against Alabama in Miami. Yeah. And getting beat by 34. And me there uh, well, saying, I'm never spending money on this again. No, here's Which is what, what I said the last time Notre Dame played Alabama at the national championship. If this plays out, like you just suggested, which I think is, uh, I think is somewhat likely, yeah. you would talk yourself into thinking Notre Dame is going to win because you're yeah. a fanatic like myself. I In the 2013 national championship game, I went. We were eight-and-a-half-point underdogs. Should have been 50-point underdogs. <laughs> And I was convinced walking in that we were going to win the game. I we went that we do the whole thing, and like the way they set up, like they always bring back old alumni and stuff. They have all these fan experiences. And I spent the day with Tim Brown. Oh, and then right before I walked in, I had five minutes just me and Joe Theismann. Whoa! And I thought we're winning this game, Joe. He said, we sure are. Hey, do you want to go over and watch this Luke Bryan concert? <laughs> and I said, yeah, let's go, Joe. We walked over talking about the game, and I was like, you know what? I don't really want to watch Luke Bryan. I'm going to go into the game early. He said, all right, go Irish, and I walked into the game. I've never heard this story before. But, hey. that, that, you have, that's your Joe Feisman story. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, <laughs> it was good. Huh. Awesome. That, that's how it's going to play out. I think that's how it's going to I wonder if it's going to be somebody else. I like to see like Jerome Bettis, me in the bus, talking like, hey – you want to go over here and watch this? I don't know some uh, some third string cut. Yeah, Darius Rucker. You want to go listen to Wagon Wheel, Jerome? All right, let's go. You like that song, Tequila? So let's go into some uh, market research news this week. Big news: yeah. Survey Monkey filed for IPO. Yeah, Trailblazers in the market research industry. Go Survey Monkey. It's a big deal. Um, yeah. I think it almost opens up the gates for a lot of other people to start doing something like this, right? A lot of, especially as more technology-based companies are starting to evolve, like this really could be huge for the industry, right? I completely agree. This is the first IPO, and I don't know how long in market research. So, I'm nice to see them get a lot of cash. Um, hopefully, this drives more, even more innovation. I think that we've become kind of an innovative sector now of business. And I don't know if we've ever said that before, but SurveyMonkey and Qualtrics and Lucid and um, lots of new startups are driving that. Yeah, so I, I I don't know if Qualtrics can really consider them to be a big competitor, but and they have a lot of cash. But maybe this changes things with their rumored IPO. Um, another. Amazing part of the story is how much money SurveyMonkey loses. Yeah, I was wondering if we were going to talk about that. Yeah. Um, I I think I, I thought I knew how money worked. <laughs> but then I've just – I don't maybe I've never paid attention before to where a company like filed for IPO but had recorded losses yeah. in so many straight quarters. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't matter, 
based yeah. off like past performance. Like, like Uber doesn't yeah. do profit, you know? I guess not. Um, I don't think Amazon did for a long time. So let's play, let's play like a guessing game. So yeah. we know that Qualtrics is probably next. Yeah. Who's next? Oh, gosh. Who's public after Qualtrics? Well, Lucid would be probably my next guess. I don't know. Um, probably an unknown, maybe. Those are the those are the first ones that come to mind for me. SurveyMonkey, Qualtrics, Lucid. What about whatever this Research Now SSI company is calling itself? Could they do something? I mean, they're only... I mean, it's PE already, but like, what if... Yeah. They'd be on the short list, yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know. It's exciting to me, because I think it gives us... It puts us on a... On a level of playing field like market research yeah. have always kind of seen itself as like this outside and i think that's mainly yeah. because like forever you have like these old like old term type companies full service market research firm where it's like a guy that owned a company forever yeah. or, you know or it became like an esop or site you never really think about it going bigger and doing like shares and stuff um but i think it's great the more we can get outside influence from other industries which i think yeah. ipo does and yeah. puts you on a better level the better it is for the industry in general yeah i hope they use their money to make the right hires and the right investments and not like a bunch of super bowl commercials maybe or maybe that, maybe that's what they need to do i don't It'd know be cool to have an yeah <laughs> i maybe finally I'd be able to explain to my parents what i do right Hey, did you see that commercial where the monkey's going around with a pen and paper <laughs> interviewing people that's what i do i'm a monkey i'm a survey monkey anyway <laughs> Um, you want to jump in and do a Mount Rushmore before we get to the interview? Um, yes, let's do that. All right. Mount Rushmore. It is currently 84 degrees outside, <laughs> not fall. <laughs> but let's do a Mount Rushmore fall activities. Yeah. This is going to be good. Yep, it's going to be good. Go, I'll go first. Oh, you're going to go, go first? Yeah, I'll go first. And then okay. we'll rotate back one. My number one thing to do in the fall yeah. is uh, turn on the Red Zone channel at 415. Oh, that is, that is a, I didn't think of that one. Yeah. Red zone channel at four, four to four forty ish. Yeah. And then again, around seven fifteen to seven forty five are almost must see TVs. Oh my gosh. If you, if you're listening, if you've never done this before and you don't know what the red zone channel is, it is, this, it is a channel that is offered through, uh, just the NFL Sunday ticket. Yeah. But they do it. You can order it independently without getting the ticket, without spending like $400 a year. Um, I think like for mine, I, it adds like $6 or oh. something like that for a month. But it it only shows scores. So it goes, it bounces from game to game without commercials showing every score that happens. So 415, we call it the witching hour. Yeah. Turn on the Red Zone channel and all of a sudden you've got three, four, and there are split screens, games yeah. going on where like the deciding points are being... Like you're watching, I mean, it, maybe you're a gambler and you're looking to see, like, is somebody going to cover? It is the most exciting time for football. 415 Red Zone Channel. Yeah, you got very specific there. My, yeah. Mine was just football. Okay. And we're both big college and obviously college yeah. and NFL fans. I just put football in general because there's nothing better than either on a Saturday morning waking up and watching ESPN game day and sure. watching whatever noon college game, which the, and then you could watch West Coast. You could watch, you could watch every weekend 14 hours of college. And then Sunday morning, kind of the same thing. Watch a bunch of NFL games. Football is number one on my list by far. I love it. Number two for me is naps. <laughs> um, there's something about a full nap, especially like the September, October nap. Because a lot of times I think you can do that outside or yeah. with a window open. Yeah. Um, napping, sleeping on my back. It's the only time I sleep on my back is during naps. Interesting. Because it's a little shorter period of time. Um, but there is nothing... 
There is nothing like falling asleep, say, at kickoff, waking up with like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter or so. Maybe, yeah. you know, maybe the third quarter. Yeah. And like my kids, like for the first like a half hour, they get out of naps, they're kind of like, Ehh. yeah. And it's just me and I'm, I love it. It's my unbelievable naps. That's a good one. Yeah. I'm going to see your naps. I'm going to give you a coffee. Ooh. All right. <laughs> um, I do drink coffee in the summer, but I'm a big, I've become a big coffee drinker. And so I'm a big fan of, hey, it's cold outside. Let's get some coffee every single day. Yeah. And a giant coffee just kind of gets me through the work day. That's nice. Coffee. I'm a big iced coffee drinker. So, okay. Yeah. The seasons don't matter to me. Number, <laughs> number three. This is a weird one. Um, but the, the smell of smoke in your clothes. From like a fire? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You only have it in the fall. <laughs> yeah. Like the, it's it's both annoying, but also like ah yeah. like that you like walk in and you're like, man, do I I gotta take a shower today, I got smoke in my clothes. Yeah. Or sometimes um I'm not a smoker. Yeah. But I am nervous. Hey, vulnerability right here. I get nervous sometimes. I smoke in the fall. Yeah. I probably smoke one or two cigarettes a week in the fall on okay. Saturday nights. And it happens if there's a fire pit there yeah. that can hide yeah. the negative smoke. Ah, what a treat. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I think it's also good that you, maybe you don't smell the smoke while you're by the bonfire. But the next yeah. day, you're looking at your clothes like, oh, the smell of bonfire. That instant, brings back good uh, memories. Instant nostalgia. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Man, I had do a good time last that, night. Do you remember when we made that fire and then right. we made the s'mores? Yeah. It was like 12 oh, hours ago. So man, delicious. That was a good time. So much happier and younger. Um, number three for you. I'm going to put number three as Keeneland Rice Course. Good one. It is um, in the spring and the fall. And uh, in my younger days, I tried to figure out how, how I could go to Keeneland Race Course, which is a horse racing, famous horse racing um, course in Lexington, Kentucky, around a UK football game. So combining two of my top four fall activities in the one day. Now that I'm old, I can only do one. Yeah. But I try to do one. It's a lot. Yeah. Uh. My number four is tweeting like a psycho over sports. <laughs> yeah. My favorite things to do in the fall. We kind of touched on this last week. There's a lot of sports that can let me down in the fall between Red Sox playoffs, Notre Dame football. I don't really tweet about the Browns. Um, but last week I was in a really good place. I, I'm in this peak now where I only tweet during Notre Dame games. I just tweet gifts to show my emotions. Yeah. Last week I celebrated the... 30th anniversary of Eddie Murphy Delirious by oh. tweeting only Eddie Murphy gifts oh. the entire game. It was great. And then at one point, I tweeted, we're going to lose. And then I tweeted, hey, we won. And that was it. It was great. My wife reads them and she's just like, she'll be upstairs. And I'm like in the basement by myself. She'll, be like, she'll text me, are you okay? Hey, are you smoking outside? Stuff like that. Good one. My last one is... Um, Large sizes of candy. Mm. You can get large bags of candy starting yeah. in August for Halloween is what it's primarily intended for. But I think it's a should be like for the entire season. Yeah, you can buy it. When, when else can you get a bit of honey? When else can you get that weird orange candy in the, uh, in the orange in the, wrapper? Yeah, the wax wrapper. Uh, I don't you. know what that is, but you can't get it in in May. We talked. Was this? 
I confuse conversations I have with my wife and you sometimes. <laughs> but where was it, who was I talking about the sizes of Reese cups with? Not me. No. Okay, it was my wife. But this is the conversation. Yes, we right? should have this conversation. Do you realize how many sizes of Reese cups there are? Well, the ratio changes depending on the Easter version, right. the regular version, the biggie size version, the right. king size version, the minis. That's You've what got I don't get. The mini unwrapped. Yeah. Then you go to the miniature foil wrapped. Yep. Then I think you have a miniature that's wrapped individually for like Halloween. Then you have the size that is the Halloween size, yeah, which is like, smaller than what you would get if you got the two per pack. Yes. Then you get the two per pack. Then there's like a Reese's Bits in the bigger like seven pound bag. The Reese's Bits, <laughs> and those are unwrapped, small. Yeah. Then you get the big cup. Yeah. And then big cup has a lot of stuff. You get the big cup with the pieces in it, big cup with crunchies, all this stuff. Yeah. Then you have whatever season you're in. Yes. The pumpkins. The pumpkins. And, you know, I think they make them fresh. That's why they're better. But the pumpkins, the Christmas trees, the eggs. uh, There's so many different sizes of Reese's Cups. But I don't have a problem with that. I enjoy Reese's Cups just like the next guy. But the ratio changes. That's what bothers me. Ratio of chocolate to peanut butter? Yeah. The little ones have a lot more chocolate, less peanut butter. The yeah. big ones have a lot more peanut butter, less chocolate. Right. And I like just the standard Reese cup, in my opinion, has the best ratio of chocolate peanut butter. And when you, you when you deviate that, but some, for some reason I can do the specialty ones, like the yeah. holiday ones. I think the ratio is different, but I still enjoy it. Hey, different horse, different course. <laughs> Let's dive into an interview with Gina Bonar and Stan Phelps. I think this is going to be a good one. And uh, we'll see you guys after the interview. Joining us now is Gina Bonar and Stan Phelps. Uh, both of which you can see at the AMA Ignite conference later on this month in Cincinnati. Um, hi guys, thanks for joining us. Hey. Great to be here. Yeah, it's great. Thanks for coming on. Um, so we're excited about the AMA Ignite. I know you both know Brian, who has helped in some of the planning for the conference. Um, let's start off with just background. I mean, one of the biggest things that we come to whenever we do this podcast is we ask people, how did you get in and market research or advertising or whatever industry? Um, so I want to start with Gina. Gina, tell us a little bit how you got where you are and, and, and how you got involved in the AMA. Sure. Well, you know, my first century to AMA was when I moved to Cincinnati about five years ago and uh, needed to build community fast. And it, it was really fast. So AMA just embraced me and, I um, was all in from practically day one, so um, I've I've known about AMA and and um, participated in events, et cetera, before. But I got really involved uh, once I moved to Cincinnati um, to build my marketing community. Um, I'm currently the VP of Strategic Alignment with AMA Cincinnati, and that means I help make connections between the national organization and our local chapter and uh, capitalize on all that good stuff in both directions. I'm also on a national committee called the Professional Chapters Council, which is a group of 12 people across the country who help advise other chapters um, and uh, be all the best that we can be. And I'm also co-leading the Ignite Conference this year on behalf of AMA Cincinnati. So I've got a lot of hats on right now. I would say, Uh, yeah. It's a lot of um, stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the Ignite conference is, is a really fun one and super excited about what's coming up. Well, that's awesome. And Stan Phelps, Stan, you are a keynote at the AMA conference. Uh, background's kind of a loaded question for you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's load it up. Yeah. Uh, so I guess like 
when did you start being so much like what led you to even think or what inspired you to be kind of this thought leader this author well it's it was it was about a 20 year journey okay i i started out my career working in sports uh with a company called img which is one of the bigger sports agencies i then went to the brand side for almost a decade working with adidas and then kind of my last decade was split between a, a short stint working in golf with the PGA of America and then being the number two at an agency that did experiential marketing um, at a group called Synergy based in the New York area. And in my two decades of marketing, literally everything I did, even from the brand side, and it continued on the agency, was about kind of measuring impressions how do we interrupt people? How do we get earned media? And I just saw in the mid 2000s that that kind of mentality needed to change. And all I knew at the time was I was just a big part of the problem and nowhere near the solution. Right. And so around 2007, 2008, I, like a lot of people, I started blogging and that led to some speaking opportunities. And then I really decided to go down kind of a rabbit hole and go deep on one thing that I thought could make a difference. And in 2012, that led to my first book. And since 2012, I've been full time as an author and a speaker. Wow. Yeah, that is that, that's quite the journey. That wasn't as loaded a question as I thought. Right. <laughs> yes, maybe maybe um, I'd love to hear from Eugene about Ignite, which is uh, September 20th and 21st here in Cincinnati. And. I know this is an AMA. I'm a member of AMA, obviously, and I'm helping out a little bit. But I am, I can't even imagine how much work goes into the planning of a conference like this. I attend a lot of conferences, and most of them, people work full time for the conference. But this is a little bit different. Maybe can you talk about the challenges with a local conference? Sure. Uh, you know, I I can't really imagine it some days either because <laughs> it really is a lot. But it's not just me. So. That's the good news. Everyone who's running this is uh, is a volunteer. Um, I I think you are alluding to that a little bit, Brian, but it's it's really fair to point out. So um, we are doing this um, not as our day job, but some days it feels like my day job these days, which is okay because it's definitely um, uh, part of my passion for the the overall organization and the field of customer experience. We um, initiated Ignite last year um, as our first in quite a while regional conference with um, with the topic being customer experience because of all of the conversations that we've been having locally with our uh, top marketers in the region and with, with AMA National and um, just really feeling like that was a very rich area that we could go very broad and very deep and sustain for several years with focus on that topic. So this is our second year of running Ignite and our second year focusing on customer experience. Uh, I suspect there'll be a few more, uh, but uh -huh. it's not in stone. We might change the focus as things evolve, but um, for the time being, it's all customer experience and um, we doubled our, our speaker submissions for this year and so we had just a really terrific pool to draw from uh, to select our track speakers 
got amazing um, headliners, uh, keynote speakers. So, so as you know, Stan is our opening keynote speaker, and we've got um, two other keynote sessions. One being our lunchtime keynote um, air quote panel. And the reason I air quote that is that our approach to panels is uh, not sitting behind a table answering the same question three times in a row. So. <laughs> We're, we're really taking a dynamic approach and driving a conversation among executives with our audience. And um, we're really excited about who we have on this panel. It's, um, we have, a, a, I'm just blanking on her title, but we have, <laughs> we have uh, the area marketing director, sorry, from Chick-fil-A. And we have uh, an advertising executive from Spectrum Reach who focuses on the B2B side of Spectrum. And we also have the CEO of AMA, Russ Klein. Um, and you'll yeah. find out from yeah. him there's a lot going on with experience in the overall AMA organization, and it's a passion project for him as well. So we're really excited to have him jump onto the to the lunchtime conversation. Yeah, I was, I yeah, was looking at the agenda just today, and you could – you call this a regional conference, and I guess this is a regional conference, but I think there's some pretty big national names that anyone would be interested in, the, the people that you mentioned. Um, there's lots of others. Uh, it's a pretty short conference, too, so you can kind of get in and out. Curious, are there, are there certain topics or tracks that um, are interesting? Yeah, well, one of the things about this particular conference on customer experience is that it really takes an approach um, that's led from marketing, but reaches out across the whole organization. And so we um, span from insights and moments that matter through corporate stories and strategies and into engagement and advocacy. And then we have a number of uh, workshops, just workshop sessions that we are calling experiential learning, which go from innovation and planning through application of insights and into, um, well, actually starting with uh, Stan on differentiation via CX. So um, it's, a, it's a broad set of topics um, and, uh, and incorporates everything from B2B to B2C and up and down from um, people earlier in their careers to people who are, who are very advanced and um, deep into these topics already. So um, there's something for everyone. Um, definitely agree. I mean, Cincinnati is such a hub for marketers, and you know we work in marketing research. There's a, a lot of marketing research topics that I noticed on the agenda, and yeah. So, what else can people expect at a conference? Is there anything uh, fun or different, maybe at this conference that people can expect? Yeah. So, in addition to our um, speaking sessions and food, <laughs> we also have um, what we're calling the Experience Lounge, which we're really excited about. It is uh, our version of an exhibit area, which you will often find at a conference. Um, the difference that we're trying to make is that everything is uh, focused on um, interactivity and engagement and um, something different and useful in every part of that space. So um, we want people to be uh, brave in their networking and active in trying to talk to and meet as many people as they can, including our partners and sponsors, of course. So um, we've tried to create some surprises within 
within those um, airport exhibits and um, some other places around the uh, venue and try to keep it really lively and fun and surprising in some cases. So um, trying to really, really keep it kind of light in between sessions, but still focused on the idea of what the experience of being there and um, interacting through the day is really nice. Awesome. Sounds great. Uh, and where can people get more information about this conference? IgniteAMA.com. Awesome. Uh, Thanks, easy as that. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. It's, uh, you won't, I mean, so many conferences that we talk about is like, yeah, it's then you throw it a dash. S is in Sam. Uh, so that's great. Uh, Stan, I wanted to, to talk to you a little bit as you kind of gear up to do the keynote at this conference and, and just kind of dive in to just you being an author and some of your books and, I've always wondered what is the like one of the top things, what's the number one thing that that your readers say to you about the impact that your books have on them? And uh, we always like we talk about inspiration the other way, but I wonder like what do you hear as that people gain inspiration? I would say it's it's kind of two main things. One is I like to people have told me it's helped kind of shift their perspective to how important the experiences that you create for both your customers and your employees. And the second thing is I don't talk about kind of big brain type of concepts. The, The things that I talk about are literally people will say, you know, these little things that you advocate for people to do really do make a big difference. And so I'm always happy when I, when I hear kind of both of those things, you made me think differently and I realized these, this is not a heavy lift. This can be little things that you can do to help differentiate your brand, drive loyalty, and promote word of mouth. That makes sense. It, it, and I guess as we talked about how you inspire readers, what authors inspire you? Well, I, I'm, a, I'm a marketing guy. My first two decades were as a, a marketer, brand marketer. So Seth Godin was a big a big uh, inspiration um, when I was kind of coming up as a marketer. Um, everything from permission marketing to to Purple Cow. Um, big fan of his work, um, and I think he's also what's neat. He's he's also very inspirational from a personal development um, and growth perspective. So I, th- I think of him more of as just a business author. So he was one. Um, I love Adam Grant, who's yeah. a professor at Wharton, Give and Take, Originals, uh, Option B. He's awesome. Uh, one that a lot of people don't know of, I think in the CX space, it's probably one of the more underrated books by Francis Fry and Ann Morris. Francis uh, was a professor at Harvard. Um, it's called Uncommon Service. And... Um, that I think is one of the best books I've ever read on on CX. And lastly, um, because I'm a big proponent of kind of creating moments of wow um, and things that kind of stick, is Chip and Dan Heath. Yeah. And if and if you haven't picked up their latest one, The Power of Moments, it is a a must read. Wow, that's awesome. Uh- so Stan, you're going into this conference. You also have a new book coming out. Can you give us a little preview of that now? Sure. So I'm excited. I'm a, you're, I'm kind of a double barrel on this conference. Yeah. One, um, 
Gina mentioned on on the day before the conference on Thursday, I'll actually do a workshop, and that'll be focused on my my latest book, which uh, came out in April, um, which is called The Pink Goldfish, and it's all about how do you differentiate your brand to stand out in a sea of sameness. And in studying with my co-author, Dave Rendell, over 200 brands, we figure out there's two main things that you need to do to stand out and seven ways that you can do it. But essentially, how do you embrace what makes you weird or unique? Or two, how do you purposefully avoid being normal and not benchmark and try to follow the leader. And uh, I was so excited when you mentioned that that Chick-fil-A is gonna be there because they're a great brand that we feature in the book. So that'll be Thursday afternoon, kind of a deep dive, get your hands into it, a lot of working time of thinking about how you apply to the principles in your brand. And then I have the the honor of opening up the conference on, on the Friday and that one's going to be about yellow goldfish, which is the seventh color in the series. That comes out on September 18th. And in a in a, a very quick overview, that is all about happiness. And how do you look at happiness as the ultimate metric in business? And how do you do things to drive happiness for your customers, your employees? and society as a whole. And so I'll share the nine ways that we found. We looked at almost 300 brands for that one, um, but ways that you can build out both the customer experience as well as the employee experience and wrap that around purpose to really create differentiation. That's, that's awesome. I'm excited for it, Brian. I'm excited for it as well. I'm just, I'm curious about um, how did you pick kind of goldfish? I think your original book was Purple Goldfish, and that's been kind of your theme throughout. Maybe right. the background on how you kind of use that as your so theme. So not – I won't steal any thunder from the conference, but you know, the <laughs> goldfish is, is this idea that little things – you know, a goldfish is rather small. Um, and partly it was inspired by um, Kimpton Hotels. So one of the neat things that Kimpton does, they do a lot of little extras for their guests. Um, but one of the things they, they would do is actually give you a pet goldfish for your stay. And I, I love that as a little signature thing that they do that makes them stand out, but also gives their customers a reason to talk about that experience. Um, and then the colors in the series, um, again, yellow is the seventh color. The first three were an ode to New Orleans because the first three colors were purple, green, and gold, which happened to be the, the three colors of Mardi Gras. And the inspiration there is that there's one word that really drives the concept of with throughout the entire Goldfish series, and it's a Creole word from New Orleans called lanyap. And have you heard of Lanyap before? No. no. So Lanyap literally uh, translates in French and Spanish to the gift or to give more. And so down in New Orleans, it's and this dates all the way back to the 1800s. 
it's commonplace for the business to do a little something extra, something that goes above and beyond just the transaction. And so, um, you know, Mark Twain once said in his memoir that Lanyap was a word worth traveling to New Orleans to get. And so uh, we're going to save a lot of people some money here because you just need to go to Cincinnati <laughs> on the 20th and the 21st and you'll get your dose of Lanyap. Uh, that's yes. great. That's great. What a, even Gina's like, yes, we got it. We closed. <laughs> uh, thank you, Stan. So I wanted to pivot now into kind of the fun part. And this is where we take the traditional marketing mix, you know, the four P's and kind of change them into four other words to start with P to get a little, know a little bit more about you both personally. Um, so the first one is playlist. And really we're looking for the, the last three songs that each of you have listened to, or you could just say artists like this is who I usually listen to. Sure. Start with Gina. You go first. Okay. Well, I I quickly looked at my <laughs> my playlist of the last. I, I I know where I was. So the last three were uh, "Happy" by Pharrell, and uh, "Sweet Child of Mine" from Guns N' Roses, and "Sober" by Pink. Wow. Hey. All right. I wasn't sure when you started with "Happy." I thought we were gonna go "Kids Bop." And I was like, I feel it. I, I am I am nothing if not diverse in my musical. <laughs> That's good. Stan, how about you? Uh, so I I was just scored tickets to Hamilton here in Raleigh in in uh, or it's in Durham actually in December. So I was listening to the the soundtrack for like the hundred and eightieth time for Hamilton. Um, and then the other one, um, Macklemore, good old days. Yeah. And uh, Imagine Dragons, uh, radioactive. I'm, I'm training right now for the Marine Corps Marathon. Jeez. So that yeah. one big time pumps me up. I'll get you. Well, let's, uh, let's pause a second on Hamilton. Because I know <laughs> I heard Brian kind of groan a little bit. I play a lot of Hamilton in the office. Stan, what's your top two Hamilton songs? We'll just stop it too. Uh, I, I think, um, my shot, I like the yeah. most, um, uh, what, what's the, I always think it's hilarious that what's the King's song. Oh, you'll be back. Yeah. You'll be back. Yeah. yeah. I'd have to say that's, that's, that's no matter how many times, um, Jimmy Fallon did a fun rendition of that. I don't know if you've ever heard really? the Hamilton mixtape, but that's, have to uh, go. That's oh yeah. Hilarious. The Hamilton mixtape. Sounds like that's something we're playing in the office. Great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's move down into pages. So starting with Stan, what are um, you kind of gave us a hint earlier about some business books that you like and you get inspiration from? But um, what's the what business book have you recently read and recently impacted you? Uh, if it, I'll get I'll give you two real quick. I'm a huge fan of a book called The Human Brand, which was written by Chris Malone, former CMO of Aramark, Choice Hotels, uh, has worked for Coca-Cola, the NBA. He wrote that book with Susan T. Fisk, who's a real prominent social psychologist at Princeton. I think it's one of the, even beyond Uncommon Service, I think it really gives a, a broad overview of how simple really and, and why experience is such a huge driver for, a, for a brand. So it's called The Human Brand. And then lastly, I, I just finished uh, When by Dan Pink. Oh, really? I haven't read that. 
And, and if he says there's a million how-to books, he has written the first when-to book. Huh. That's good. I'm writing this down. Gina, what business? All right. Well, as you might imagine, with my focus on Ignite, mine are uh, in addition to Stan's books, of course. (laughs) um, They are two of them are related to experience. So one is um, Woo Wow and Win: Service Design Strategy and the Art of Customer Delight, and that's by our keynote lunchtime keynote speakers from last year's Ignite conference. Um, It's really fascinating stuff, and then. Another one that that really spoke to me was um, Experiences, The Seventh Era of Marketing, which is by uh, Robert Rose and Carla Johnson. Um, Carla also was a speaker um, with AMA Cincinnati in the past and um, just really brought that book to life for us. So um, that may be part of the resonance, but uh, it really really looks at um, innovative ways to envision and drive experiences. And then the third one is a book called Multipliers, How the Best Leaders Make Everyone Smarter by Liz Weisman. And Get out of town. You know that one? <laughs> We're making the entire company read it right now. Yeah, that's a good one. It's good. No, I uh, I came across it last year. I don't even remember how. Um, and then I saw her speak at a conference in February. Um and we read it in our executive team, and now we're making the entire company read it. Um, small, but yeah, it's great. I mean, it's not like it's like the least known book ever, but still, yeah. you know. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Brett. Uh, next P is perform. So I would love to hear, is there something people don't know about you or hidden talent that you're willing to share? And let's start with you, Gina. I bet you have a hidden talent. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm sort of a what you see is what you get. I'm I'm <laughs> pretty Me out too. there, but um, I, the only thing that comes to mind is I think in movie quotes sometimes. Like <laughs> I remember the most obscure quotes from whatever 80s movie I watched 20 years ago, and that's how I respond to certain things, and then I have to explain the whole situation because nobody else remembers the movie. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Movie quotes stick with me. That's a talent, absolutely. Stan, own, what about you? Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm bowled over. Gina, I think you've got a man's <laughs> brain there. I hope you don't have any of the downside. Oh, no. um, so little little known hidden talent for me, I am a collector of bar tricks. Hey. So I, oh. as a fun project, that I had started with the best man of my wedding 20 years ago, a collection of tricks and stories um, and riddles. And so last year I came out with a, just a fun book called Bar Tricks, Bad Jokes, and Even Worse Stories. So I love a good bar trick. I love bar tricks as well. I was a bartender in college, and I did this trick. I bet you don't have this one because it was horrible. But my trick was I would I had a piece, I had a card or a napkin, and I'd have the numbers 1, 2, 3, and 4 on it. And I'd ask people right. to put their finger on a number. And 90% of people would pick two. So on the other side of the napkin, I would put, why did you pick two? And not, I'm not even kidding. 90% of the time it worked. Are you aware of that trick? I was not aware of that. I think that's brilliant. So you'll appreciate this. The, all of the chapters in the book are like bottle tricks, napkin tricks, straw tricks, uh, fruit tricks, coin tricks, toothpick tricks. Yeah. 
That's it's, awesome. You know, it's, it's, I love it's, a good bar it's, trick. It's, it's scintillating, highbrow humor. <laughs> Good. All right, Stan, awesome. you're going to have to show some of them off at the reception on Thursday night. Definitely. If we get lucky, I will. I couldn't put this one into the book just for legal reasons, but I will <laughs> bust out the Statue of Liberty for you. All right. We're going to hold you to it. It's on tape now. Awesome. <laughs> um, last P is people. And this is typically our Mount Rushmore. And this is where we ask people to rank their top four of some sort of category. We've done, say, favorite cities and athletes. Um, maybe let's do two each on this one. And for this one, let's do most entering conferences that you've either attended to or spoken at. Uh, just a couple conferences or cities. Um, let's start with Stan. All right. I'll jump in. I A few years ago, I did... And I love this. In Amsterdam, I had a chance to speak at an event and wait for it. Sex in the city. Oh, my gosh. And it was C-E-X, as in customer experience in the city. I thought that was a brilliant job title. Um, a couple of years ago, I also got a chance to speak in Stockholm uh, at the Global Service Design Conference. Um, and that was neat. I stayed on a boat in Stockholm, first time I'd ever been there. Um, both were amazing, amazing events. That sounds awesome. The Sex in the City had me for a second. <laughs> no. I didn't know because of the Amsterdam, and I was like, <laughs> Cynthia Nixon about to pop up at this? I, mean, I wasn't sure, so that's great. <laughs> Gina, what about you? Well... You did not um, notice me mentioning professional speaker in my introduction, so (laughs) it's a good thing you added the or attended part. But actually, I think I can come up with about exactly two where I've I've spoken. And um, one is uh, an energy engineering conference in Canada, which (laughs) I think is fairly amusing since I'm uh, neither an engineer nor um, particularly conversant in energy. Although at the time I was, it's a long time ago, and um, I was running marketing for um, a part of a large uh, energy utility. And I got to go to the Canadian Rockies and do a presentation on distributed generation. It was awesome. It was 400 people, and I was credible. It was oh, great. wow. I don't so, know if you knew yeah, this. I but... even got a laugh at the beginning of my talks. I mean, not at me. It was on my oh, right. so, Yeah. That was really great. And then um, my other um, moment, I guess I would say, is um, at the AMA Leadership Summit uh, once a year. We gather in uh, late April or early May, the uh, chapter leaders from across the country. I've had a number of opportunities to um, lead sessions uh, over the last few years, but um, last year I was part of the presenting team. And um, it's just it's absolutely inspiring. So I guess, I mean, this it's really genuine that I'm saying that that's one of my favorite things. Um, but it also kind of brings us full circle back to yeah, sure. why we're here. And, and um, the AMA is the essential uh, place that uh, the marketing community needs to come to network and, and learn. And um, so that's what we're going to be all about in the next few weeks. Can I get it one, one more in for Lanya? So I, I, I absolutely... Um, I had an opportunity to speak last year at Ignite and the Cintas Center over at Xavier. Um, great setup. The food was awesome. I thought they did a, the, the event. Gina, credit to you and the team. I thought the kind of experience zone where all of the 
the vendors were was interesting. I mean, it was a really fun day. And I'll put a plug in if people get out for the day before on Thursday to come out to 8451, which is in downtown Cincy. And that's where we're going to do the workshop. Um, that building alone is worth the price of admission for coming in and checking out. So uh, mass and plug for Ignite. Agreed. That's great. Thanks oh, that's so much awesome. for that. And by the way, that workshop is included in the price of admission. So that's hey. So the Very conference is September 20th and 21st. Um, it's at the CentOS Center on the campus of Xavier University. Uh, thank you so much, Gina and Stan. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Um, we appreciate you coming on. Awesome. Thank Thanks for having us. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you so much, Gina and Stan. As a reminder, you can see that the AMA Ignite event, September 22nd in Cincinnati. Uh, you can also, from EMI, see Andrew DeSillis and Brian Lamar, our very own Brian Lamar. On October 2nd through 5th is Brandemonium here in Cincinnati, where Sarah Getz from EMI will be at as well. That's an awesome AMA event with a lot of great speakers. I'm sure we'll be diving into that as we get closer to it. On October 8th through 10th in Orlando, Florida, is Tony Brown is going to be at the CRC, um, which, strangely enough, I was just on YouTube the other day getting ready to watch a video, and it wouldn't let me move forward until I watched a two-and-a-half-minute CRC interview oh or, like, God. commercial. Huh. Market research. Watch out, guys. Good targeting. That does it for episode 29 of IntelliCast. Um, hope you enjoyed the interview, and we'll be back next week with even more interviews and even more market research topics. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.